Thank you for listening to Therapy for Guys. My name is Kike Autry, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in Katy, Texas. In this podcast, I want to explore the issues that men stay silent about, our struggles with anxiety and depression, our relationship issues, obstacles that we face with a diagnosis like ADHD or autism or OCD, and our big existential crises, those related to spirituality and religion, to larger cultural realities, and to the question of the meaning of life. If you enjoy this podcast and you would like to learn more about me, I would encourage you to check out my website. You can find it at kikeautry.com. That's Q-U-I-Q-U-E-A-U-T-R-E-Y.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect. And as always, remember, continue the conversation. This episode of the podcast, I speak with Tierra Ortiz Rodriguez on eco poetry and mindfulness in nature. I love learning about new approaches to therapy. Tierra works with diverse populations of clients and communities to actualize ambitious health and wellness goals. Her approach is compassionate, collaborative, strength based, and trauma informed. She integrates nature, mindfulness, and expressive arts into therapy. If you'd like to connect with her, you can check her out on her website, www.pathwaystomindbodysoul.com. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I know I learned a lot. And remember, as always, continue the conversation.
So Tierra, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast, Therapy for Guys. I'm, I'm so happy to talk to you today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited to share and to explore with you nature. Um, and thank you so much. I've been enjoying your podcast. I've been listening um, as, as you've been sharing uh, those interviews. That's awesome. That, that means a lot to me. Yeah. And I've, I've spent the last couple months really enjoying your Instagram and all the poems and pictures and all the, the quotes that you share, it's, it's really fed my soul. So it's cool to, to finally connect with you. Uh, I guess not in person, but through the, the magic of Skype. Yes, yes. And, and likewise, I, I, I was trying to remember when we first met. And it's kind of a funny thing. Um, I remember uh, making a comment about your shoes. And I was like, oh, it's like you're walking in, in works of art. Yes. <laughs> it, it was a pair of shoes that you were wearing that just kind of caught my eye. Um, yeah, but it's just been great to connect with, you know, fellow therapists on Instagram and yeah. fellow nature connection um, practitioners and, and poets like Instagram and, you know, and Skype and all these ways that we can connect through technology is pretty awesome. No, I love that. I'm very grateful for that. So one of the first questions I love to ask the guests is, you know, can you just tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, share any details you feel comfortable with, like around your personal life, and then maybe just tell us a little bit more about your therapeutic practice, you know, who you work with and and what you're all about kind of at that level. Okay. Yeah. So I'm Tierra um, Ortiz Rodriguez. I'm a licensed professional counselor. And I'm here in Sugarland. I was born and raised in Houston, um, but now I'm um, here in Sugarland, and I see clients um, as a therapist uh, virtually. Um, I see clients in Texas, and I'm now able to see clients in Florida, which is really awesome. And uh, for the past ten years, I've been working in community mental health, um, primarily working with the LGBT community um, at. Uh, Montrose Center and and then after that Legacy Community Health, um, but then I in January I decided to you know take a leap of faith and decided to start my my own thing. Um, so I started Pathways to My Body Soul, um, and uh, yeah I I do therapy that I kind of consider to be creative mind body therapy. Mm. Um, I the modalities that I love um, are are a little bit different. Um, like ecotherapy, right? Like walk and talk therapy, connecting with nature, um, outdoors. And um, another mind-body therapy that I do is called accelerated resolution therapy, um, which is um, a memory reconsolidation therapy that uses eye movements. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Uses, it's, it's like, it's a... Is it like EMDR? EMDR, yes. Yeah. Um, and it's very metaphorical as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it... Another creative um, therapy that I do is um, expressive art um, and poetry therapy is a, an aspect of that. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I'm, I'm a collage facilitator, so I also want my clients, you know, to explore their inner lives, you know, through images. Um, and of course, I do, you know, traditional talk therapy and CBT therapy. Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I do. You know, my body therapy, creativity. Um, I'm all about nature. I'm all about mindfulness and I'm all about creativity. Yeah, that's really great. So, so Tierra, let, let me start by asking you this question. I really like the name 
of your practice, of your website, Pathways to Mind, Body, Soul. And and I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more as to why you chose that, that, that pregnant kind of like designation, Pathways to Mind, Body, Soul. Yes. Yeah. I love that question um, because I did put in, you know, thought into like, what would I name my practice? It's kind of like naming your baby. Right. Um, but I, I've always been fascinated by pathways, um, by journeys. Um, and I think that stems from, from my own experience, um, in, in hiking, um, when I hiked the Appalachian trail, Mm. um, you would always see, um, these white blazes that would kind of mark the path. And, and the path is always um, fascinating because you see a part of it, but then a part of it you don't see. You know, it's kind of around the bend or it's behind, you know, uh, a hill. Um, so, so the journey really, um, so that's kind of where Pathways came, you know, Got the you. journey. Um, and what? my body so is, um, you know, I, it, it kind of speaks to a holistic approach that, mm. that I like to take. Um, where I see that it's important for us to address um, the mind, you know, our thoughts, um, our beliefs, um, um, but also our bodies and our emotions. Um, and and then there's something else, right? We're not just minds. We're not just bodies. You know, we're we're creative, meaning making um, beings. And so the the soul, I, I felt needed to also be included. So yeah, yeah that that's kind of where that name came from. No, that's really powerful and beautiful. Is is there anything to the pathways being in the plural, multiple? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, absolutely. Um, I, I, I may be talking a little bit about my experiences hiking the Appalachian Trail because that was just such a formative experience. Please and do. There, there's a saying that I learned um, because it's it's kind of like a culture and it's an immersive experience to hike the Appalachian Trail. And um, I learned an expression, hike your own hike. Mm. And that to me represents, there's many paths. And you know, we're all on this planet, you know, living our lives that is, you know, our lives are our own and we're all figuring out the path. And I don't think that there's a right or wrong way. You know, there's many paths and often they take us to the same destination. Um, so yeah, the plurality of it, I think I'm glad that you picked up on that because yeah, yeah, there are many. You know, one of the things that I often share with, um, some of the young men that I work with, I work with a lot of adolescents and, and, you know, young adult men that are kind of stuck. They're trying to figure out what the next step in life is. I I forget who said it. It was a poet songwriter, I I believe from Mexico who has this line where he says, you make the path by walking. Ah. And and I'm just curious if that resonates with you and if you have any kind of reflections on that, because that that's such a powerful idea for me. Wow. Yeah. I just want to, I want to, sit with that. You make the path by walking. Oh, that's beautiful. That is, that is powerful. Um, hmm. Huh. You make the path by walking. You know, I, I, I think that there's so much unknown, you know, in Mm. the journey. We don't, we don't know. Um, and the only way to find out is to take, take that first step. And, and we, when we take that first step, we get to know a little bit more of, of this world and of this life. 
and we discover and we learn and then we take the next step. And I think every step that we take is revealing more and more. And so just hearing that we make the path by walking, I, I think that it means, you know, we have to be willing to act, right? To to take a chance. I love um, that. It can be scary, you know, it can be scary um, to to face what we have to face, you know, in, in front of us. Um, but the only way that we can figure it out is to move forward. Yeah. Wow. It's powerful. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Now, I know one of the things and, and you just talked about it a moment ago, that's that's really important to you is kind of this practice of ecotherapy. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of those things that I've read a little bit about. I've kind of seen it on social media. I've, I've seen it online. Um, I was hoping you could just maybe say a couple things about how you understand ecotherapy and, and what that looks like when you're working with, with your clients. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and you say a couple things, you know, I might say a lot of things, you know, this is a topic that is really, you know, exciting for me. Um, if, if I may share my own experience Please um, do. Of, of ecotherapy, because um, it, it happened for me um, over 10 years ago when I was in grad school. Okay. Um, I mean, I've, I always appreciated nature. Um, but I'd never been particularly active in, in nature, but, um, it was in grad school. I was kind of going through, you know, I was going through my own mental health struggles. Um, I was struggling with anxiety, um, self-esteem, and I was also having some relationship issues. Um, so uh, the, the thought came to me, you know, I need to take a leave of absence. Um, I took a leave of absence from grad school and I wanted to do something with that time. Um, I don't know. I, I felt the need to go on an adventure. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I decided to hike the Appalachian Trail. Um, and I ended up being, um, in nature for three months of wow. hiking. And like, I had no hiking experience before that really like none. Um, so I, something in me, maybe it was my soul, um, was, you know, compelling me. And what I discovered in connecting with nature, that was therapeutic. Mm. Um, I, well, one, I connected with the beauty and the wonder of nature, you know, seeing plants and animals and landscapes and, um, discovering as well, um, what my body was capable of, um, cause it, it was quite physically challenging. Um, but to see that your body can adapt and it can grow stronger. And it was a, it was a time for a lot of reflection as mm. well. I was sorting things out. Um, and, and it was also a lot of connecting with, with people and community, you know, people I met there were coming from all walks of life, um, all ages, you know, <laughs> it was just, you know, really, really amazing that people seek nature for different reasons. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that for me was my, my experience of therapy, but it wasn't until 10 years later, you know, <laughs> now today that I'm actually, you know, pursue, you know, being an ecotherapist. Um, so I think ecotherapy is like an umbrella that means many things. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it's also called nature therapy, green therapy, okay. um, forest bathing, Shinrin Yoku in Japanese. Um, uh, it's, uh, outdoor therapy, walk and talk therapy. Um, so clinically, um, ecotherapy or clinical ecotherapy 
um, is bringing nature into the counseling process. Um, but ecotherapy as the umbrella is really connecting with nature for healing. Um, and so that is, you know, there's so many reasons why we do seek nature. And part of it is um, that nature really has a lot of benefits. Um, uh, and I actually made a list of all the benefits. Yes, please it. read that. Um, if, if I could read it, because I think please. it would be... It'll be amazing, and I think people might be surprised to discover what nature um, offers us. But um, well, one on the one hand, it nature reduces a lot of things. It um, diminishes a lot of the problems that we have. So um, connecting with nature reduces stress. Research shows it reduces anxiety, depression. It even reduces anger and hostility. That wow. to me was interesting. Um, physiologically, it's reducing cortisol. It's it reduces our blood pressure. Um, it interestingly reduces um, sick leave. Um, it, it can even help reduce symptoms of ADHD. Um, it can reduce pain. Um, it can reduce because when you're in nature. Um, you might be a lot more physically active, so it also can um, reduce like cardiovascular disease, and also it, it kind of lowers our mortality risk. So wow. all of that is things that it reduces, and that, isn't that amazing? That but is amazing. On the other, on the other hand, it it enhances and increases a lot. Um, you know, it inc- it improves our mood, um, our relaxation, our energy. Um, it it makes us more pro-social and empathic and friendly. Um, it enhances our creativity. Um, physiologically, it improves recovery from surgery or illness. Um, it, you know, also improves our like memory and sleep. And so it's just amazing what it can do. And I, I think bringing nature into the therapeutic adventure, you know, of, of therapy um, can really, you know, improve, um, the experience of therapy. Um, and I think a lot of people during COVID and pandemic discovered oh, the benefits yeah. of nature. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Man, so the, it's a lot of benefits that you highlighted. You know, one of the questions that comes up for me is how would a therapist who's not, you know, technically an eco-therapist, how would they maybe in small ways incorporate kind of nature-based interventions into their practice? Oh, yeah. That's Do you have a any ideas? Question. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it, you don't have to be trained in clinical ecotherapy to practice ecotherapy. Okay. So I, I love this question, and I love people to get curious about how can I bring nature um to my clients and encourage my clients to go out into nature. Um, so yeah, because you can do it indoors and outdoors. Um, and, and some of the ways like for indoors is like, for example, a therapist can, well, one, you could just be curious, like, and ask your clients, like, what's your relationship to nature? Um, because usually there, there is a history there that people have connected to nature and it's a resource. Um, maybe they have memories of, of nature in their childhood. So just maybe including nature in your, um, intake assessment, you know, just what's your relationship to nature? Um, and, uh, maybe asking people, uh, 
you know, are there any places that you go to that feel um, relaxing for you? Um, uh, so some people, they really like to be, you know, around trees or they love the sound of birds um, or they like to be by the lake. So just kind of, you know, bringing that resource in. Um, and I mean, you can even encourage people to, you know, get a plant and bring it close to your, you know, where you, where you're working because research shows that just having a plant, you know, in our workspace can, you know, um, improve our mood. Um, so yeah, those are some ways, um, to bring, you know, nature into, into the picture. Mm. Yeah. I really like that. Now I know a moment ago you mentioned the walk and talk therapy as, as one kind of branch of like ecotherapy, something that you even do. Could you describe that? for us? Yeah. Yeah. So walk and talk therapy, um, you're, you're taking, um, therapy, which, you know, often therapy is called talk therapy. Um, and you're taking it into the outdoor setting. So if, you know, this is the outdoor therapy, um, of, of ecotherapy. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, there, there are many, practices in walk and talk therapy. Um, just like a therapy session has a beginning, middle and end, you know, in, in an ecotherapy session, it has a beginning, middle and end. And so like in the beginning, um, is usually when I invite my clients to, you know, set an intention, um, for what they'd like to experience or what they need. Um, maybe it might be like, I, I need to feel a bit more relaxed or I, I want to not feel so stressed or, I have a question and, and maybe I need to find some insight into that. Mm. So setting the intention, um, I, I guide my clients into, um, a practice of crossing the threshold, you know, coming back to this journey, you know, metaphor, like you're on a journey. Um, and so before we, we enter into this experience, you know, we're going to acknowledge the land. Um, We're going to bring our intention to nature because nature is going to be our co-therapist. Yeah. Um, So we, you know, and we take a breath and we cross that threshold and, and then you're like, then you're walking and talking. And um, I'm during that walk and talk, I guide my clients into like mindfulness, you know, sensory practice. Like, what do you notice? What do you see? What are you drawn to? Um, Is there a, a nature being that is speaking to you or, is there something in the natural world that is a metaphor for what you're going through? And we'll process that. Um, and, and sometimes it's not even talking about nature. It's just talking about whatever is on their mind. Right. But it's just doing it in a natural space. Yeah. And even that, even that is just having beneficial, you know, healing effects. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, you know, toward the, toward the end when we're returning back, it'll, it'll be an opportunity to kind of reflect, you know, what did you receive from, from this, um, from this walk and how do you want to return into your life and integrate that into your life? And I like to end it with a ritual of gratitude, mm. you know, thinking, thinking nature, it might be something like offering birdseed, um, or offering a sip of your water to, to a tree. So those are some of the things that we might do in a walk and talk session. Yeah. I love that. Um, Yeah. I know when you and I were communicating about sort of what we'd be talking about, you said you really wanted to highlight eco poetry as, as one dimension of the larger umbrella of eco therapy. Could you speak on that for a minute? Like what is eco poetry 
and and how do you incorporate that into your therapeutic approach with people? Yeah, yeah. Um, so just like ecotherapy is bringing nature into the healing process, um, eco poetry is bringing nature into our our poetry, our writing, mm. our expressive art, um, and. I, interestingly, I wrote poetry when I was in high school um, and maybe the very beginning of college, but then there was this big gap where I didn't write any poetry at yeah. all. Um, and it's, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, when I started my private practice and I was going in this direction of ecotherapy, I started to, I'm, I've been spending a lot more time in nature and I don't think it's a coincidence that I've been writing more poetry mm. because the connection between nature and creativity is um, strong and mindfulness too. Um, so I, I think since um, January, I've written, you know, almost 90, you know, poems. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've just been enjoying the experience of, of writing and co-creating with nature that, and it's been so beneficial to me Um uh, poetry in general, or or even journaling, which is kind of under the umbrella of poetry therapy, um, uh, is, you know, it's a way for you to express what you're feeling, your mm. emotions. Um, as, as you're writing, um, you're sorting it out, and you're discovering, you know, what you think and what you feel, what you believe. And, and sometimes you, you, you get solutions. Sometimes you get answers. Um, sometimes you receive, you know, you receive counsel from what, what you wrote. Um, and when you bring nature into that, um, it's powerful. Like, um, with eco poetry, um, I've, I've been, you know, I've been receiving a lot of uh, mentorship um, from eco poets. Uh, one of them is Kai Seidenberg, um, who who I've had the the pleasure um, to take a lot of classes with, and um, she's been offering poetry prompts. Oh, wow! Um, and and those prompts, you know, kind of uh, they they set you on a journey, really, you know, and you don't know what you're gonna find when you when you're working with a poetry prompt. Um, uh, but I've really been enjoying uh, writing poetry and, and using those prompts. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm happy to share one. I was just about like. to ask if you wouldn't <laughs> mind sharing one of your poems. Please do. Um, the one that I'm going to share, um, it it captures how when we write with nature, we you know, we can write what we're observing and describing in nature. You know, we're, it's like we're just journaling. What do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? And we're just writing that, you know, observing and describing. Um, and sometimes we can even step into the voice of nature mm. and write, write as if we are nature and we are nature. Um, so writing from that perspective, I wanted to share. Um, this was a poetry prompt given um, by Kai. Um, and it was, uh, I am a seed. Mm. And so this is what I wrote from that, from me being a seed. I wrote, I am a seed in the warm womb of the earth. I am a cozy seed, yet unaware of my vast potential. I am a seed. Also, I am more. Were I to stay a seed, my story would be very short. I am a seed in need of being disturbed. 
to carry out my mission, I must let go of being a seed. Wow, Tiara, that was beautiful. Well, thank you. And powerful. I really appreciate you sharing that with everyone. Mm. You know, and, and I, I love poetry and, and I'm always careful not to want to reduce it to like propositions or, or themes. But if, if you could speak on kind of what inspired that, that amazing poem, how, how would you begin to put words to that? Or, or even maybe another way to ask that is in, in writing that poem, what sort of came out of you? What oh would you learn from it? <laughs> you know, I think expressive art and nature, um, one of the expressions in So Collage, um, which is using images to create, you know, um, visual art, is that there's um, surprise, sacred, and synchronicity. Um, and, and I think that's so true of nature. You know, you go out for a walk and there's a lot that will surprise you. There's, there's sacred, there's synchronicity. And I feel like the same thing is of poetry. You know, like sometimes, I, I mean, often I don't know what's, where it's coming from, you know, how, how it comes out, it, it does. So I think the prompt of I am a seed just got me to think like, what would that be like to be a seed? Mm. And, and then that, something in me must have been resonating with this journey that the seed goes through. Um, and it's, you know, like the journey that we all go through, you know, in our development, you know, we're comfortable, we're safe, you know, we're in our, you know, as they say, you're in your comfort zone, but then something pushes you. Um, and, and you have to face, you know, challenge and, you know, uncertainty. And, and so like that, that, seed is going through that journey as well so mm. yeah I think uh, I think that's how nature and our writing is like a mirror and it's going to reflect what's happening inside of us mm. um, so yeah there's you know sometimes it's just a surprise what comes out <laughs> yeah no I love that you know I'm reflecting as, as you're talking on my own kind of journey in therapy and um, it wasn't eco poetry <clears throat> Excuse me, but but my therapist and I would often read poems together in the sessions, and um, I think what what a lot of people would imagine is that it helped me not only understand but kind of process emotions that I couldn't put into words at that time. But what it mm-hmm. also did was it kind of created this imaginative space where I could reconceive or or even reconstruct my own identity. And I don't know exactly how that works, but I found that the poetry kind of stretched me and challenged me and just gave me different options of how I was going to be in the world. And that was so powerful for me. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. All of those reasons are why poetry is a very powerful modality. Yeah. Mm. And songs, too. You know, sometimes like sharing songs, you know, um, Clients have shared songs with me or I've even, you know, based on what was happening, you know, in their life might have um, recommended a song, just like a therapist might recommend a poem. And and together you can read the poem and it allows you to access something. Um, And as you said, through poetry and through nature, we can um, we can tell our stories. Yeah. and discover who we are in, in the telling of those stories, um, of, of seeing the stories of nature, you know, we discover who we are and maybe we see that nature is, 
you know, um, it, it, it experiences adversity, but it's also resilient and it, it can heal. And then we're like, wow, me too. You know, I've experienced adversity, but I can heal too. Um, yeah. So it, it really opens up imagination and, and possibilities. Mm. No, that's awesome. So Tara, as you know, the, the name of the podcast is Therapy for Guys. Um, I, I do sort of specialize working with men and, and that's kind of a tough thing, right? Because a lot of men don't want to go to therapy. So I kind of want to set mm-hmm. up this question for you and see what you think about it. I, I could imagine one of my listeners, let, let's just say they're a guy and they're like, this sounds really great. Maybe I should go out into nature more. And I think you and I would both agree. How would you then help them realize that maybe that's not enough at one level that maybe coming to see a therapist who specializes in nature therapy would actually be a beneficial thing. So for, for, for some people, why is going into nature not quite enough? What, what, why would they need like a guide? Mm. Mm. That's an interesting question. Um, well, well, one, I would, you know, support anyone to connect with nature in any way. Um, and we, and, and we often do connect with nature through our recreation, right? Through, through sports or through, um, yeah, just fun things. And I, I feel like you're getting medicine. That's medicine. Um, and, and it is free therapy too. Yeah. Yeah. For real. (laughs) Um, but, but to, you know, to have a guide, um, to have someone who is trained in, Mm. um, mental health, um, that, that is special to have someone who is trained in the art of listening, because I think, you know, listening is um, is uh, precious, and and we often don't, you know. I think I think guys especially, you know, need listen, need to be heard, and, yes. and need to, you know, need to receive that listening, and need a space where they can, um, you know, feel feel safe to express what's really going on inside. Because I think there's a lot of things that kind of make it so that they put a lid on it. Um, so I would, you know, I feel like ecotherapy and and um, outdoor therapy is probably um, probably is really compatible. I think for some for some men, just because it's very active and you're doing things, and and even you might start to kind of um, get a little bit of overlap with another type of therapy called adventure therapy, which is mm. um, kind of learning by challenge, learning by doing, um, and having. Um, having challenging things like, uh, adventure therapy could be connecting with nature while at the same time you are, um, uh, kayaking or you are, um, doing archery or, um, doing ropes. Um, so those kind of very active, I think might actually appeal to, to men, um, to guys. Um, but yeah, I, I think because, it, it is a, a safe way to begin to access emotions that that could be, you know, a good way to open up for, for guys to open up and, you know, and talking about, um, their emotions. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. No, no, you no, I, th- I think you did. I think it was like two parts on the one hand. And I agree completely at one level, you don't need a therapist to go out into nature. It's something that we would encourage people to do and, and to yes. experience all the benefits, but maybe for some at, at some parts of their journey, working with someone who's trained and who can ask the right sorts of questions, who can provide the right guidance might be really beneficial. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have training, you know, to deal with, you know, issues like depression, anxiety, you know, suicidal thoughts, um, you know, serious, you know, mental struggles, you know, we have the training to support in that. Um, so yeah, that, that's also something that sometimes, you know, the, the support that you can get from a friend or from nature, um, is, is good, but sometimes it's not enough, right. To really get into, into these issues. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. You know, another question that's coming up for me is, and I know this is a, a broad one, it's, it's potentially a thorny one because um, everyone has a hard time defining what exactly spirituality is, but mm. do you find that you either bring in your own spirituality into your practice or, or do you find that clients bring that dimension of who they are to ecotherapy and, and, and I was wondering if you could just say more about that, how, how you see some of that connecting. Yeah. Oh, that's a good question. That's a deep question. And I feel like with spirituality, there are no easy answers and there are no right or wrong. Um, but for sure, for me, um, eco-spirituality is, um, I do feel that with nature, um, I I kind of say nature is my church. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... And so I'm, that is something that I, you know, I'm very happy to share with my clients, you know, that I do feel connection to nature. Um, but as, as a fellow traveler, as someone who I'm, I'm uh, a companion, I am journeying with my clients. I'm walking alongside them. Um, you know, they, I am open and encouraging and inviting of them to bring their spiritual selves, you know, into therapy. And, you know, I have clients that are, you know, of all faith traditions and no faith traditions as well. Um, but yeah, I understand, you know, spirituality is, is our, our searching to understand who we are, our place in the world, what is our purpose and what's the meaning of our, our suffering. And, um, that, you know, therapy is a space for us to explore, you know, those deep existential, you know, questions. And I think coming back to like nature, um, I think connecting with nature is kind of like connecting to the divine in, in my, in my point of view. Yeah. Um, and being able to see the divinity in the more than human world. Mm. Um, you know, we have spiritual teachers and spiritual you know, leaders. And I think seeing nature as, you know, being our teacher and our guide, you know, I, I even have like animals that guide me. Um, one of them is the alligator that has shown up in my, in my poetry. It's shown up in my, um, in my soul collage. It's even shown up in my dreams. And when I see the alligator and I, um, witness and I observe the alligator, it really speaks to me. Um, and, um, would you say, well, yeah, would you say more about that? That that's very intriguing to me. I, I'd love for you to unpack kind of the the symbolism and the meaning of the alligator for you and your work. Oh, for sure. I think with alligator, um, <laughs> it alligator for me represents. You know, I'm going to do a little bit of like projecting. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> hey, please nature do. Can, nature can be like our mirror, you know, and you know, we're connecting with nature. Nature is real, and it's you know, nature is its own being. Um, but sometimes, you know, therapeutically nature can be the mirror and we are, it is giving us, um, 
uh, a reflection of who we are. And so for me, the alligator is one because it, it's a being that is a, it's a, it's an apex predator. It ha- it has power. And if I'm in that water with that alligator, I'm on, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I know that I am on, um, uh, the food chain, yeah. you know, so it brings up fear in me, but it doesn't stop me from going out. You know, I love kayaking. I love being on, in the, on the water. Um, so for me, the alligator represents my fear, Okay. but it also represents my courage. Um, and the alligator appeared in my dream. I, I was going through transition and I was struggling with, um, a choice and the alligator counseled me and I woke up from this dream and the alligator said to me, this is the words that I heard from the alligator. Um, remember it's the scariest places that afford the most incredible views. Mm. I was like, wow, that alligator gave me that message. So anytime I see alligators, you know, I, I respect them. You know, I keep my distance. I know that they're powerful beings, but they also have given me so much, um, uh, counsel into my fear and also into my courage. Um, so that's one way that the alligator has become kind of like a companion for me. Mm. And I think a lot of people have special relationships with different, you know, nature beings, you know, yeah. different, it could be, the being can be a tree. Um, it could be an animal, it could be a landscape. Um, and we receive, you know, support from, from, from nature that way. Mm. I love that. When it comes to dreams or, or even coming into contact with one of those nature beings that you're describing, do you have any like practical suggestions as to how someone could kind of carry on in their imagination that, that image or that symbol, sort, sort of like you've done with the alligator? Is there anything practical that you could encourage people sure. with? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this actually is a good indoor practice. Okay. Um, meaning, I mean, we can, we can do this indoor or outdoors is, um, like visualizations. Um, so, uh, I was just talking with a client about, you know, their, their love of, um, trees, but right now it being so hot, you know, that oh, it it's so hot. <laughs> it's so hot, especially in Texas, you know, you're going to get scorched. But so part of that practice was, you know, visualizing, that, you know, that memory of being so connected, you know, with that tree and bringing it into your mind as a visualization mm. and seeing it in your mind's eye, you know, it, I our love that. Imagination is so, our imagination is so powerful. This is why, you know, the, the accelerated resolution therapy is powerful because it's all about what we can visualize in our mind's eye and the virtual reality of our mind. So you can go to your special place of tranquility which is, um, uh, that's another mindfulness practice with nature is sit spot and spot being a special place of tranquility. Mm. You can go to that place in your mind's eye, right? It, maybe it was a beach or maybe it was a vacation. Um, maybe it was a time that you felt so deeply connected to a horse and you can just, you know, bring that into your, into your mind through, through your imagination. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Tira, I, I'm, I'm thinking about just the word, the concept of mindfulness, because I, I know you brought that up, that, that you wanted to make sure that we explored mindfulness and then mindfulness in nature. I, I feel like that's a word that, get you, that gets used a lot. Maybe it means 
different things to different people. Would you mind offering kind of your definition of mindfulness and then maybe exploring how you use that in your therapeutic practice? Yeah, yeah. So mindfulness is paying attention to what's happening in the present moment without judging that. Mm. Uh, I mean, we judge it. We judge the moment all the time. Sure. <laughs> um, but it's being aware of those judgments, too. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a kind of awareness. You know, we try to notice things. You know, maybe we're noticing our thoughts or maybe we're noticing our emotions or maybe we're even noticing ourselves getting caught in behaviors, right? Our automatic, rea- you know, kind of habits. So mindfulness is just bringing awareness to that. And um, I think that, you know, I encourage my clients to practice mindfulness, to practice meditation. Um, there's a lot of like guided meditations out there. Um, but I, I find that sometimes it can be hard, right? It can be hard to kind of sit and watch your thoughts. Um, and I, and I find that's why I think nature is kind of like accessible mindfulness. Mm. Um, I think, I think it can be a good entry, entry point into mindful practice because well, one, Nature is inherently sensory. Like when we're in nature, we're in our body, we're in the present moment because our body is in the present moment and our senses are in the present moment. And so for that reason, you are naturally in mindfulness when you're in nature. Mm. Um, And I think nature is fascinating. Um, It draws our attention. We are there. You know, if we see that heron flying over the lake, you know, our, we are watching it. We are like fully absorbed in it. And nature is quite fascinating. Um, uh, there, there's a theory called attention restoration theory um, by Rachel and Stephen Kaplan. And, and they talk about how allowing our minds to wander in nature restores us because, you know, we live such, we live lives that are, have a lot of demands on us you know, on our attention, you know, whether we're having to focus our attention and we're trying to eliminate distractions, we're trying to pay attention, like all of that is kind of taxing, you know, our executive functions, taxing our, you know, we call that, um, uh, we get inhibition fatigue, which is why you can exercise your willpower and eventually, you know, you might actually end up giving in because, you know, you have depleted your, your resources, you know, it takes energy and effort. Um, but when you're in nature, like you don't have to, um, exercise all that control. You can really just let your mind wander. Um, Michael, uh, Micah Mortali, um, who's a, um, um, I've taken a, a class with him and I'm going to be doing a training with him and nice. um, being becoming a mindful outdoor guide. He talks about green gazing, mm. just, you know, just letting your gaze wander to whatever is fascinating you in the moment. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, those are, I think those are some reasons why mindfulness and nature, um, work really well together. And, um, yeah, There are other practices too, like earthing. Um, Earthing is where you allow your body to touch nature and that's sensory mindfulness. So for example, like um, just this morning, you know, I I went on a walk and I took off my my socks and my shoes, just touching the ground. Oh, I love that. Feeling the dirt or, you know, letting yourself sit in the grass, you know, 
you know, that contact, um, that sensory experience brings us into mindfulness and it brings us into connection with nature, mm. which, which we are uh, really in need of. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, as I was sitting there, you know, in my walk, uh, uh, I found a little sit spot actually. And sit spot practice is another way of practicing mindfulness. It's just finding a spot in nature or just finding a spot indoors, you know, maybe by your window where you're just going to, um, just notice, uh, what, what do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What are your thoughts? Um, and as I was sitting there, a leaf fell into my lap. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I, and I picked up the leaf and in ecotherapy, we, we call this a nature being or an, a nature ally, a nature mm. friend. And I, I just started to do a mindfulness practice where I started to observe this leaf and I was noticing the, its veins and its lines and its the color and how it sounded. You know, there's a little crunchiness to it because it was like a dry leaf. Um, and, and then I smelled it. And to my surprise, it had a sweet smell. Mm. So you can even do um, mindfulness with a nature being. You know, it could be your plant. It could be, you know, a, a rock you know, um, and that's another thing is grounding through nature, like holding a rock and feeling its weight can be a way that we can kind of find, um, an anchor, you know, bringing, you know, I, our, our mind back into our body and which can be good when we're kind of in distress or, you know, could be a good grounding exercise. Yeah, man, I love all that. And, and you are just personally challenging me because, you know, I'm a very anxious person. I'm super driven. I feel like I always have to accomplish and, and one of the things that I'm getting from what you're saying is it, it would benefit me quite a bit. And, and it has when I, when I make time to do it, to go out in nature and just be and not feel like I have to accomplish anything or, yes. you know, do something that's going to get me some kind of like recognition or applause. I, I just need to exist in the beauty and the calm of nature. And that could really help me. So I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm just really taking in what you're saying and, and, and being challenged. Mm, yeah. 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 We're in, we're in doing mode, right? Yeah. Where we feel like we have to do and we have our to-do list and, you know, we're going about life, you know, trying to get our needs met. Um, and I think in nature, you know, um, we, we can kind of ease and, and just be, um, and that's mm. kind of what mindfulness is too, you know, it's just being, and I think in nature we can just be, and I think the one, the one way to know if it can benefit you is to go out and give it a try. Okay. And, um, and how do you feel? You know, I think it's not for everyone. You know, there are some people where being out in nature is not going to relax them and calm them down gotcha. and that's okay. You know, that's just, you know, we're, we're all different. You know, you might find other ways of connecting with nature, you know, whether it's indoors or, um, you know, just playing bird song while you're working, you know, just, you know, find a nice track on YouTube and, and play some bird song while you're working, you know, yeah. can relax you and actually promote, you know, uh, attention as well. So yeah, find, you know, see, see how you feel. And I think people who are high stress, um, and, uh, you know, the, the more, the more stressed we are, I think the more we need it. Mm. I think the more we have to benefit from it, the more we are, you know, high stress or, you know, I think that's why sometimes we know when we're, when we're maybe, maybe angry or we're going through something, you know, intense, we, we have the urge to go for a walk. Yes. You know? Yes. 
It's actually one of the things that my wife and I have tried to do lately. We've been pretty consistent most nights. It's just going on a short walk. Um, Mm. It's not only a great time to talk and connect, but it kind of provides that chance to just, yeah, hear the birds singing, look at the leaves on the trees, just have some kind of mindful mindfulness in our life in kind of the midst of the busyness and and all the stress. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, it, it is important to know that for it, it's okay for it to be small and brief, like just 10 minutes is awesome. You know, just, can you take a break from being at your computer and just take, you know, a minute to, you know, gaze out your window or, or go sit in your backyard or, as you said, go for that 10-minute walk. You know, that, that's kind of a small dose. And, you know, you, you know maybe you might want to get a bigger dose. Maybe you might want to go to the park or have a weekend and go for a day hike somewhere. Right. Maybe you might want to get a bigger dose and, and kind of, you know, go for a, you know, a, a longer, you know, immersion in nature. Kind of like when I, I – when I went hiking the Appalachian Trail, that sure. was like a wilderness experience. Um so it's going to it's going to benefit you no matter what dose whether it's you know small dose medium dose or or big dose it's going to benefit you. Yeah, I really like that. Thank you for putting it in that perspective. So he, here's a kind of an interesting question for you. Um something I've been thinking about it as we've explored nature. And and maybe this is just sort of my preconception or my kind of stereotype of thinking about nature and and sort of nature-based material that it can, I think, rightly emphasize like the tranquility of existence and the calm and the beauty and, and all of that kind of positive stuff. You know, if, 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 if one knows me at all, I, I also kind of am drawn to the darkness and sort of the, the, the cruelty and the, the pain of existence. Not, not that I want to be in those spaces, but I just think that's a part of reality. Is, is holding sort of the lightness and the darkness together. So I wonder if you have any thoughts on how nature speaks to that side of existence. And, and I think you kind of already did that with the alligator at some level, right? That it's, mm. it's this apex predator. But how, how do you think about sort of the darker elements of nature and how those can even be therapeutic in terms of helping us to feel more whole as people? Mm. Uh, that is such a good question. Um, and that kind of speaks a little bit to like my soul collage practice, um, which works a lot with like what's in our light and shadow. Right. Um, and I, I do think it's important to work with shadow, right. Work with, um, work with things that are more edgy. Um, maybe, maybe things that are harder to, um, to acknowledge, you know, things that we want to kind of you know, um, suppress, right. Even things like, even things like death, right. You know, sometimes when you're out in nature, death will show up, you know, you see something getting, getting eaten or, or you come, uh, you know, come upon, um, an animal that has died. And I, that's why I do like nature because it, um, is it, it allows it all, Yes. you know, um, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, it's funny because, uh, I was reading in a book called uh, the Na- the Nature Fix oh, yeah. um, by Florence Williams, and it, she described um, awe it comes from I think it, I think she I think she was saying it's like comes from um, old Norse English word um, 
that is the feeling that we have of of terror when we're in front of um, in front of uh, a divine being. Yes. And I think nature really does evoke um, that that kind of fear and, and that terror sometimes, you know, like I think some people are scared of oceans because of how, you know, how vast and dangerous they are, you know, or it could be, you know, there, there are, you know, things out there that can kill me, right. You know, spiders or snakes. And I think there is an element of danger mm. uh, that must be acknowledged and respected and, and worked with. I love that. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I totally do think that there is, um, it is important for us to work with those things that are, are in our like subconscious, you know, we got, we got to bring them out, you know, and, and acknowledge them. Sure. Uh, otherwise they're going to come out, you know, come out in unhealthy ways. Mm. You know, for me, um, someone who really likes philosophy and, and just like Jungian psychology, I, I, I sometimes think about in my experience, nature being, an experience of what what a lot of people in those circles would call the transcendent or the numinous, and mm. and and with that comes kind of that simultaneous fascination and terror, you know, mm-hmm. that it's like this mm-hmm. mixed experience of like the sacred and the holy. Mm. And uh, if I can share just you know a recent example of that, um, this was actually this was probably a couple of months ago when I was running outside. I now try to jog in the mornings on a treadmill, but. I, I was going on a jog. I was feeling really good that day. I uh, was looking forward to the weekend. And um, maybe about half a mile away from my house, I just saw a dead squirrel on the road right mm-hmm. ahead of me. And my, my first like gut reaction was to want to look away, okay, and to kind of avoid that reality, avoid death, and, and just continue to listen to my upbeat music, continue to think about all the positive stuff that was going to happen that weekend. But in that split moment, I was like, you know what? Not in like a morbid, you know, just completely like wreck my anxiety kind of way, but in a, in a kind of memento mori, be mindful of death sort of approach. I was like, I shouldn't look away. I should, I should linger on that image for just a little bit to remind me that this reality we live in, this, this nature that we inhabit is about life and death, yes. that, that everything belongs, everything's a part of the equation. And, and if I want to have kind of a, an authentic experience of being a human on this planet, I have to hold space for it all. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And in that moment, that was an important thing in your mind, body, soul that was needing to be, um, to be worked with. Right. Mm. And yeah, you know, nature presents, you know, that, you know, impermanence, you, you see it, um, you see the, the seasons changing, um, you see, uh, you know, you, you can go to one place, you know, in one season and it's full of, you know, it's always full of life, right? Uh, but then you go back in a different season and things have gone dormant, things yeah. have died off. You know, like, yes, there is so much change happening. Um, and and isn't change one of the most stressful things, right? Yes. Like, <laughs> whether it's good change or, or you know, uh, positive or negative, like, change is stressful. Very stressful. And nature reflects change, uh, nature reflects change all the time. So I do think that, you know, it has the ability to wake us up to, um, you know, to 
the things that are kind of in the shadow. Mm. I love that. Okay. Do you mind if I ask you maybe one last practical question? Sure. Okay. Um, I know that a lot of the listeners have, have children that are part of families. Do you have any ideas for younger children and maybe families to kind of maybe go out and engage nature in kind of a therapeutic way? Maybe in terms of mindfulness or or some of the other things you've talked about? Yeah. Um, Well, one, I think I think bringing um, nature into family time is wonderful. You know, like we can spend time with our families indoors and we often spend most of our lives indoors, um, (laughs) especially in in urban, you know, urban living. So maybe making the choice to have family time, you know, outdoors or involve nature in it is wonderful. Um, Just this morning when I was um, on my walk, um, a father and his son, you know, came came by and joined me in, in my sit spot you know, it was our sit spot. It's, you know, uh, the sit spot that everyone experiences there. Um, and I had my binoculars and I just invited, you know, the little boy, you know, do you want to see? That's awesome. Um, he was looking at the heron and I just loved his reaction. He's like, it looks like a statue. And I just love that. You know, I think, you know, those are opportunities to invite children into curiosity about nature. Um, so yeah, just having, you know, bringing play outdoors, um, uh, you know, f- finding finding places where there is, um, you know, life, you know, like like turtles and, and, and birds and, and things that they can kind of see and be curious about. Um, there's, you know, you could even, uh, there's, there's a practice called nature mandala where you take mm. like leaves or you can take rocks or you can take sticks and you can actually make like a little, you know, shape, a circle. You can make, you know, a little bit of, of art with nature. You can even, you know, do what, what they already do, like go outside and color or, you know, bring some watercolors outdoors and like, let's paint, you know, what we see. Let's paint the, the tree. Let's paint the, you know, the, the water. Um, I, I think, you do what you're already doing, but find a way to like maybe bring that outdoors. See, you know, picnic outside, you know, I know some of these are things that might be a little bit challenging in the heat. Um, sure. you know, uh, maybe a little bit more of that adventure therapy, like, you know, uh, can you play a game outdoors, you know, hide and seek, uh, you know, uh, yeah, these are, these are just some ways I think, um, uh, to, to make space, you know, for families and, and children to, to connect and, and they're connecting with each other. Yeah. Um, no, those and, are some great you suggestions. Don't, you don't even, it doesn't have to be intentionally focused on nature. Just being there is going to have, you know, uh, good effects on you just mm. being, you know, in nature. Yeah. Now, before I forget, do you mind telling us again what the acronym SPOT stands for? Oh, special place of tranquility. Okay, I'm gonna write that down. We all have a spot, I many love that. spots. <laughs> so, Tieta, I mean, is there anything that's really important to you individually about your therapeutic work, about this larger reality of, you know, ecotherapy, eco poetry that that I've missed or haven't asked you about? Something that you would want to share? Hmm. Hmm. I feel like we covered quite a lot. Um, hmm. Yeah. I just, I just want people to know, 
um, you know, that you can choose um, activities that are in line with your with your values, you know, with your preferences, um, and and bring them into nature. Like, you know, do you like to exercise? You know, maybe bring a little bit of nature into that. Mm. You know, go for that walk or that jog outdoors. Um, do you like art? You know, bringing you know that into nature, um, either drawing nature or just drawing in you know in a in a in a place you know um, with nature like there you know with um, your therapy sure you know if bring you know maybe being open to the possibility of like trying you know outdoor therapy or ecotherapy or nature connection um, uh, mindful nature connection whether outdoors or indoors you know feel free to ask your therapist because I think therapists are very open to these and you know would be um, happy to explore that with you I think a lot of therapists these days are, are getting more curious about, you know, about um, uh, nature therapy, walk and talk therapy. Um, yeah. So I, I just, you know, yeah, give it give it a try. Um, mm. Feel it for yourself. Um, there, there's just so much available for us to experience. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Just, OK, so mm. if anybody is intrigued by what you've said and they want to connect with you, they want to find you online, on social media. How do they do that? People are, ha- you know, I'm happy if you visit my website, um, pathways to my That's where you can find more about the therapies that I do. Um, uh, follow me on Instagram, um, pathways to my body soul as well. I'm on Facebook. I even have a YouTube channel. Um, yeah. So yeah, please feel free to connect with me. Um, I have a, uh, an email list if somebody wants to subscribe and just kind of stay in touch with any of the offerings that I have, whether that's, you know, doing soul collage outdoors or, um, mindfulness outdoors as well. Um, I'm based in Sugarland. So like, um, anybody that wants to kind of meet in person and do some, you know, outdoor, um, practices, you know, I'm kind of working, um, from Sugarland, but if anybody wants to do like more indoor practices, you know, I can see anybody in Texas and Florida, um, at least for the, the therapy, you know, sure. um, psychotherapy. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm happy for people to connect. I, I love meeting people. I've met so many amazing people on That's Instagram. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love, I love learning and, and meeting new people. I love crossing paths with, with new friends. <laughs> Okay. Very last question. And I know we sort of already talked about it before we recorded, but your name, Tierra, right? Which means land or earth in Spanish. I, I, I know your, your mom probably didn't necessarily think about your future passion for nature when she named you that, but it's, it's a bit of a kind of a, of a long-term synchronicity, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, was it Shakespeare that said, what's, what's in a name? What's in a name? Um, yeah. The, the story there is that my mom, uh, was in the hospital, you know, when she was, when she had me and she, there was a, a perfume magazine and one of the perfumes, it was a French perfume was named Tierra. So she named me that she named me after a French perfume, but in Spanish, it means earth. It means land. It means dirt. Dirt. Yeah. And I, I get a lot of, funny reactions when um, I meet, 
you know, Spanish speaking people and like, your name is dirt. I'm like, yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, people often, you know, say tiara, like the crown and I'm like, no, like earth, you know, what's under your feet. Mm. Um, so I, I just love that, that connection with nature. And when I was hiking the Appalachian trail, um, you, you get a trail name. Um, mm. so you don't go by your, your name, right? Your, your given name, your legal name, like you actually end up receiving a new name when you're in, you know, uh, hiking the Appalachian trail. So my name, everybody called me earth. Earth. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So- it fits you well. <laughs> Oh. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, for, for, you know, being okay, sharing all your perspectives with my guests. I, I know they, they're going to love it. And um, yeah, I, I just am appreciative of our connection and, and our time together. Thank you so much as well for doing, you know, the work that you're doing to bring these new perspectives to, um, to your community. I, I love all the interviews that you're doing and I'm happy that today we were able to continue the conversation about nature. Yes. Um, I think it was your, your previous guest. Was it Austin? Austin. Now, now I, now, now I can't remember though. The, the, the the Proland, um, the the oh gentleman. August, yeah, August, August, yes, August. You know, he was talking about nature and you know children, um, and so yeah, I'm just happy that we were able to talk about this topic yes. a little bit more. So, mm-hmm. w- w- will you end with like the tagline of the podcast? Continue the conversation. Absolutely, continue the conversation. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again for listening to this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. Let's try to connect. Reach out to me. You can go to my website at com, or you can Google my name, Kike Autry on Google, and there you'll find my Facebook and Instagram accounts. If you would like to schedule an appointment, you can go to my website or you can go to the website of the practice that I serve at, Katie Teen and familycounseling.com. I can't wait to hear from you. Please share my content and remember, continue the conversation.